What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Renegade Animation on the Renegade Pop Culture Podcast Network. My name is Mike. I will be your host. Joining me, as always, is my co-captain, Cameron. Howdy, howdy. And returning once again, we've got Ruben. Hello. And today today is a mostly mostly news-heavy episode, but we've also got some things from Annecy 2021 to discuss there's there's a lot to discuss both positive and negative but first cam we have uh some unfortunate news to start with yes unfortunately during all of this uh ned Beatty passed away famed actor for films like deliverance and he was also the voice of lots of hug and bear from toy story 3 and the mayor from rango this was a bummer like this is one of the actors that i am very familiar with so it's a, it's a real shame he passed away um may he rest in peace yeah uh, do you two have any thoughts yeah, no, no no nothing to add great actor sad he's dead yeah his his filmography is like the stuff of legends and he will forever be missed some positive news and g kids has finally made some moves in the distribution game they picked up uh mamura Hosoda's upcoming film bell which I still think is coming out next month in Japan. Yes. And they'll be giving it a theatrical release and obviously in both Japanese and with an English dub this winter and will qualify for the 2021 awards. I'm pumped. (laughs) Mike and I have been kind of jokingly complaining about like, hey, G kids, what's the matter? Telling us you're going to bring over some movies. As it turns out, they were just waiting for that big fish. I mean, this is still like probably my most anticipated film of the year because i still i'm still looking forward to seeing flea and I, i'm still so sad i couldn't find time to watch that movie probably would have loved it um flea is excellent so now um federator films is or a company of federator films is going to bring over chinese uh creators and talent for a uh, program called hot pot cartoons they are bringing over creators from like animation comics games and theater and they'll be making short films for the global markets. I'm not shocked that this is happening. If this I, isn't Frederator, this is Fred Films. Oh, Fred Films, is, my bad. Yeah, Fred Siebert started a new company. He left Frederator. I'm not entirely sure what's happening with Frederator at the moment, but yeah. Well, that's interesting. Well, I guess it, it just sounds weird to me. It's just like, so you left Frederator, but now you have a, another company that's similar to, to yeah, your last one. Yeah, uh, he left Frederator last year, or now, and now he announced Fred Films in February. Alrighty then. I mean, th- this sounds cool because the Chinese animation scene is really kicking in since 2015, and then especially in 2019 with the global success of Neza. Yeah, like I'm down for it. A, a lot of my favorite films, like especially from like Animation is Film 2019, were from China. Like I, I really loved watching White Snake on the big screen and seeing um this stop motion film called she he i think that's how you uh, pronounce it um which was his stop motion film uh, that commentated about society and just men and women's roles in it and everyone was a shoe and it sounds weird when you talk about it but when you watch it it's like oh yeah this 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 makes sense it's like you gotta trust my word on that kind of thing ever since you brought that film up i've i've been dying to find some time to watch it because it sounds it sounds as bizarre as my the stuff that I'm usually into. It was definitely like the from my memory of animation as film 2019. It was probably the emptiest theater when um, 
it was it was like the last film on the second night of the festival and i kind of felt bad because it's like oh i kind of like the look of this film and granted it was very late at night so that was probably the reason <laughs> um, we'll have to see how, how these uh, shorts turn out next up are well one of my favorite animation directors sylvain Germain, is making a new movie and I am oh so happy about that. It, it seems like it's been forever since The Illusionist back in 2010. Well, yeah, I guess a decade is forever ago. Uh, it's called The Magnificent Life of Marcel Pagnol. I, I'm, I'm just excited. They have a preview image of it, and it looks exactly like the guy who made Triplets of Belleville and The Illusionist. And I, I'm just... I'm just super pumped. I remember last, last year or so, I watched The Triplets of Belleville for the first time. And when I asked, when I asked Cameron about it, he said, oh, you mean the best animated film of 2003? <laughs> it was like one of the first foreign animated films to get nominated for an Oscar when they had the best animated feature category. I think it might have been the first one or... No, it was the, it, it was the second because Spirited Away won the year before. Okay, yeah, I was about to say like, or was that Spirited Away? No, this one, I, I think Spirited Away helped put more... Yeah, films from overseas on there, and they picked a really good one. Yeah, Triplets of Belleville is great, and I know not everyone likes or are as in love with the, the Illusionist, but it grew on me after I watched it. I'm just so happy to see another film from this guy. Like I said, it's been like ten years. <laughs> yeah. Issa Rae is joining the Spider Verse sequel. Um, of course, people would know her from Insecure, The Hate You Give, Little, the uh, Black Lady Sketch Show. She will be playing the role of Spider-Woman. I love Issa Rae as an actor, and I'm not too familiar with Spider-Woman specifically, but I know a lot of people like her. I unfortunately know a lot about her from the unfortunate designs and poses that they give the character in comics, aka they give him the rubber spine. <laughs> mm. because it's like you know how comics can be sometimes where it's like spines don't work that way guy <laughs> yeah she had that milo manara cover yeah and um but i'm excited like any time we get to hear more news about this the uh, best animated film from 2018 i'm down for that and even and just just from a diversity perspective getting getting more um getting getting more act actors of color to you know to fill out this universe it's just kind of awesome yeah no um we'll have to see how it unfolds so uh who had lord of the rings anime on their bingo card for 2021 specifically from the director of ghost in the shell standalone complex i don't think yeah this wasn't part of like netflix's geek week this was just warner brothers being like oh yeah by the way we got an anime lord of the rings movie okay here yeah the yeah. war of the raw hurim sorry if i butchered that yeah but this is also also, uh, director, the director uh, Kenji Kamiyama, he worked on the uh, 2017 film Napping Princess, which that was a personal favorite of mine from that year. And he's also working on that Blade Runner Black Lotus. It's yep. a series, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Just making sure. Any thoughts? I need this film immediately. This is kind of a game changer because this means that an anime film and this is actual anime it's not like when netflix calls old blood of zeus or whatever anime just because they're trying to get attention this is actually a film by a japanese director and a japanese animation studio which is going to get a wide release and like proper 
marketing like you would expect the normal Lord of the Rings thing to get in theaters. So like this is absolutely going to break the record for highest grossing anime in theaters or in American theaters and can it'll probably be like second to Simpsons movie far as PG-13 animated movies in theaters and this is like it's a movie which like it's guaranteed to do well while also being a movie which by all traditional Hollywood logic would never get made so this could be big like when was the last time a Japanese animated film got like a wide wide release and like and and from like one of like the big six uh studios as well yeah like warner brothers released pokemon the first few movies wide and and this year here we had funimation which is owned by sony giving demon slayer a fairly wide release and that did really well and i'm sure that the lord of the rings anime was already in the works but i wouldn't be surprised if Demon Slayer's success was part of what made them determine their calculus to be like, okay, we're going to put this in theaters as opposed to, say, putting it on HBO Max. This this would have been, like, more expected as an HBO Max or direct-to-video thing, like all the DC animated movies they do or something like that. But no, they're actually giving this a real theatrical release, and I'm, like, really excited. Like, I think, really, Demon Slayer Mugen Train really did help break the barrier because there were definitely some animated films from Japan that did well but it was like always on the scale of like well they did well via the Fathom limited events releases uh, Mary and the Witch's Flower then Promare did exceptionally well because it's Promare and it's great and then Weathering with You did pretty well even before the pandemic shut everything down yeah no we'll we'll have to see like I can't wait it's super exciting so uh, Shine Animation is teaming up with Miyu Productions for a new film called Ghost Cat Anzu. It's being adapted from the manga by Takashi Imashiro and will be a mix of digital 2D and rotoscope for family and young audiences. And to focus on a story about an 11-year-old named Kareen. When she is hoisted off by her father onto her grandfather, a monk living in a small Japanese country town, he asks Anzu, his helpful but precious phantom cat, to watch over her. I'm just excited to see more like, Japanese animated films. I understand. I, I just like hearing about new projects. I'm always a little worried that we're not we're not going to get them because it, it's weird. The anime industry is always willing to give us whatever from the anime scene. They have really no reason to not give us or at least try out get like an anime over here. Even stuff like X-Arm, which should have just stayed in Japan and stayed in pre-production forever. <laughs> but they never give us the films as much or they're not as willing to for some reason because I still want to see that Love Me, Love Me Not film and that Her Blue Sky. There was another one from from this year. Oh yeah, the words bubbling up like soda pop. Speaking of X-Arm, are we talking about that expose that Anime News Network did on Crunchyroll Studios being a complete mess? Um, Yeah, I think let's talk talk about it because a, a lot of these other stories won't be, be that long. Anyway, I, I'm just excited for this new film for Ghost Cat Anzu. It looks great. It looks cute. Yeah, no, I just can't wait for it. Yeah, um, this, this, sound, this sounds like a very, uh, if this ever ends up like getting some sort of wide release in the states i think this might do really well it sounds like a very uh a very cute premise that you know like they described fam like families and people of all ages can enjoy this one 
Yeah, and it's um, being direct, like uh, a lot of big names on it. Director Yoko Kuno, who worked on films like Penguin Highway. Uh, the studio that's working on this film is working, also working on the work in progress film that was at Annecy, Blind Willow, Sleeping Woman. And it's working on a bunch of other films by like people like Sebastian uh, Laudenbach, who worked, you know, did The Girl Without Hands. Again, one of my favorite films from 2017. Tom and Jerry's getting a new series called Tom and Jerry in New York coming out July 1st on HBO Max. Thanks, I hate it. Yeah, no. (laughs) I mean, that's really it. It's using fairly cheap looking flash animation. Whatever you want to say about the movie's CGI animation, it looked so much better. And I haven't seen the the show from the 2010s. I've seen clips of it. I'm just saying I haven't seen it fully, but from the clips I've seen, it had way better animation than this. I don't know what happened. (laughs) and uh speaking of shows that i don't know why they asked for this uh we're getting a ted series for peacock um based off of the uh two seth MacFarlane feature films about a foul-mouthed teddy bear voiced by him and starring marky mark Wahlberg. okay i feel like this series is going to be super expensive unless they're animating the whole thing like because they're having to have they're going to have to have like a whole cgi character on screen at all times and I know TV animation has, I mean, CGI animation hasn't evolved. And maybe it being on Peacock means they'll give it a little more time and a little more polish. Because, you know, you could have something like like Game of Thrones in terms of quality. Or you could have, no offense, Mike, the, uh, the CWDC shows always look a little janky. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's fair. And Peacock is also picking up the Retro Crush anime channel, which, well, I think they're they're like HBO Max. They want some kind of anime thing. And since Retro Crush has a ton of old school anime, they're going to add a whole lot of retro stuff to their service, which would make it definitely more appealing to me, even though I just I already have Retro Crush. But, you know, I guess let's talk before we moved on, move into the Netflix geeked stuff let's move on to the the thing that ruben referenced the anime news network article that's talking about how crunchyroll is just a dumpster fire uh ruben how about you start catch everyone up to date about yeah so basically the anime news network has a new article titled crunchyroll originals have been a disaster and basically he's talking about how Basically trying to define what the different Crunchyroll originals are, like co-productions, which are like most of them come in, like, like some of them have been okay, some of them have been really bad, such as X-Arm. There's the, yeah, there have been two shows made so far at Crunchyroll Studios in Burbank, two American cartoons, one of which, Onyx Equinox, has been released, the other, High Guardian Spice, has been finished for two years, but still hasn't been released. They're saying it's going to be released this summer, probably because the creator, Ray Rodriguez, got his lawyers involved. But yeah, I want to see that show. And of course, if anyone doesn't remember that show, that was the show which they released a trailer for, which didn't really talk about the show, but instead talked about about the studio's diversity. And like, it wasn't a good trailer, but it also did not deserve the sheer hatred that so many people have given in the project and the people involved in the project because of that. So there's that. And I guess like the big scoop from this article is that Crunchyroll's Tokyo studio has been shut down. They had two shows in the works, Meiji Gekken, which is now being moved to another studio 
and Freak Angels, which is kind of in limbo at the moment due to being based on a Warren Ellis comic. Who knows what's going to happen with that? And, and then the other types of originals, there's a few co-productions they've done with Sola Entertainment, which have actually been the ones that have done well. Those have been in Tower of God, God of High School, and they're doing also managing the various Adult Swim productions. So yeah, well, there are also some other Adult Swim productions that don't involve Sola. Uh, but yeah, the Adult Swim productions, like they're co-productions with Crunchyroll, but who knows what's going to happen with those in the future. Crunchyroll does get sold to Sony. Yeah, no, so, um, yeah. this was a lot to uh, unpack reading this article because it's like, I I've talked about this through two different podcasts talking about like the well I guess three now uh the fall 2020 season the winter 2021 and then the spring 2021 Crunchyroll was like hit or miss or just like in really bad shape and then like the this pat the spring season which brought you know of course a bunch of amazing shows like Odd Taxi and Tokyo Revengers but then it's like you looked at their exclusives and originals it just made me think that like even before they were going to get like if they're going to get bought out by Sony, if this is what their productions were going to be like, that's a big old yikes. <laughs> yeah, like, like re reading reading this article and thinking about like the initial rumors that Sony was trying to purchase Crunchyroll, I'm thinking like what what the hell did Sony see in them of of value? If like internally they had no idea what was going on, like what happened with Crunchyroll? Like, did it just expand too fast and then just like jumped in into like the co-anime production without yeah. really thinking? Yeah, well, through? Well, well, it seems I basically I blame AT and T. It seems that it seems that the dividing line between Crunchyroll being being a by fans for fans company, which was transparent and would talk to any press, and them being like weird and secretive about stuff was when they were bought by AT&T. So basically they've been messed up the same way Cartoon Network has been messed up the same way Warner Brothers is getting messed up. Basically AT&T bad management all around. Yeah or like in that other article talking about Luca and Pixar the one from the AV club when Disney bought Pixar and such so <laughs> no it's it's all been a hot mess and like I liked Tower of God and I enjoyed the God of High School up until I was like, okay, the story's a hot mess. Bye. And then there was stuff like X-Arm and uh, the worst anime of 2020, Jibby 8. That one was just awful. Just golly. Talk about an endurance test of a show. And then, yeah, like the Crunchyroll Studios in Tokyo. I never heard of this one. Yeah, with the whole Warren Ellis situation, just woof. It just seemed like a Crunchyroll was just not in a good spot after... AT&T and even though I was like oh I kind of liked uh Over the Moon to you or whatever that romance anime was called and I enjoyed a little bit of So I'm a Spider So What but it's also like they were adding on to an already like fraught industry that is the anime industry which is already going through its own nightmarish hellscape of production issues so we'll, we'll, we'll just have to see what happens with that i hope crunchyroll can get back on track but we'll have to see they have to stop investing so much in all the, a lot of bad productions they, they cannot have another x arm I no swear to no they cannot no that that one was also that was worse watching than uh than jb8 and i also argue it was a more painful watch than redo of healer but redo of healer is already its own train wreck we won't get into that so um netflix had its own uh geeked week per se 
and they this is when they were talking about like all their new upcoming shows like sweet tooth which are of course obviously all a lot of these are already out and then they saved most of their animation stuff for the fourth day and the teaser for the cowboy bebop live action series sounds great but we're here to talk about most of the animation stuff because that's what that's what they were doing that's what and one of the big first announcements was the masters of the universe revelations teaser definitely like kind of confirms what we thought what mike and i thought uh when we saw the stills from it that it looked like it was kind of paying homage to the original but was taking more cues from the 2000s reboots i'm gonna have to say i'm gonna ban the use of i need a hero <laughs> like no more no other no other teasers and marketing can use that song no yeah more. this this <laughs> this trailer is that song's swan song yeah because yeah didn't it like i think it popped up like after because e3 also happened and it played during the guardians of the galaxy tape yeah, and reveal. it was also in loki episode two <laughs> good lord it reminds me of that time and i think it was 2017 when uh this one john denver song kept popping up in every song yeah in every movie yeah, 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 there was like a few, a few John Denvers that were popping up and everything. Um, but what did you uh, overall think about the teaser? It looks amazing. I haven't caught up with, um, with Castlevania or some of the other Netflix anime, but I'm, I'm just sort of in general a big fan of what Powerhouse is doing for, uh, for Netflix animation. And I was a pretty big fan of the 2002 He-Man uh, reboot so to see to see another series kind of embracing that aesthetic while also paying homage to the 80s cartoon it, it just seems like it's going to be a win for everyone uh Ruben, what did you think after she-ra my interest in he-man is entirely determined based on how gay it is so basically if he-man and or skeletor are gay in this this is going to be the best show of the year if there's at least, they aren't officially gay, but there is at least one other officially gay male ill hero in the show, okay, you get a pass. If you don't have any gay men in the show, then you're failing. Well, yeah, I think you showed me or reminded me of that Rantasmo video that talked about He-Man's, like, impact on the LGBT scene. Because, like, I was kind of unaware. It's just, like, because of early internet and terrible content creators everyone made it a punchline of how quote-unquote gay the show is and then i saw that rantasmo video about it and it's like oh well that's nice those content creators are just jerks <laughs> that use it as a punchline you know punching down I mean. yeah no i i think i think it looks good i mean it's powerhouse i kind of wish they would go to a different studio for once or make another studio or something to make these quote-unquote anime and action shows i have a, i have faith in kevin smith i, I like it, it looks good i i will say i think my favorite thing was that the fact that they changed adam's design from when he's prince and he-man only because it's like it i get why the 80s show w- was as it was but it always just made me laugh that nobody could tell that prince adam was he-man even though they had the same <laughs> body type yeah it's like you know we never see you two in the same room but you have the same hair, the same body type. I think you two would get along very well. No. <laughs> then of course we got a little teaser for the the Loud House movie that's coming out to Netflix. I'm still shocked that's coming to Netflix. I guess it's a like a deal, like a licensing deal thing because yeah, yeah. Well, like Nickelodeon has like sold so many things to Netflix already. Like they sold Glitch Text, they sold the Rocco and Zim specials. Yeah, I I guess I was as shocked since Paramount Plus is a thing now. And yeah, well, a Paramount lot of Nickelodeon Plus doesn't, doesn't seem to like really care about anything except for SpongeBob and Rugrats, I guess. 
Yeah. And um, and then of course, like they announced that Zack Snyder is making an animated series. Um, they announced that a, w- a while ago. They just announced the, the actors. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, this was the first time I heard about this. They, yeah, they t- talked about Twilight of the Gods. That includes Sylvia Ho- uh, Hoek, Stuart Martin, Pilu Osbay, John Noble, Patterson Joseph, Raul Coley, Jamie Clayton, Christopher Evesu, Peter Stormare. J- uh, Jamie Chung, Lauren Cohen, and Corey Stoll um, as the main characters. That's a good cast. Yeah, and, I'm happy to see Jamie Clayton in there. And I like uh, Christopher Heavesu. Yeah, because yeah, I, 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 I mean, outside of, of Game of Thrones and such. And I'm always a fan of Peter Stormare. I like seeing him pop up everywhere, even when I'm not expecting him. Like in the Animaniacs reboot, he did that uh, Pennywise parody. Oh, wait, and, that was him? Uh, yeah, that was him. <laughs> Wow. He was probably one of the better things about the uh, that Penguins of Madagascar film. And, of course, I'm a fan of Corey Stoll. Then they also announced the Gundam movie, Gundam Hathaway. And, of course, you know, insert Anne Hathaway jokes here. That looked pretty good, and I heard it's doing well in Japan right now. Yeah, it, uh, it, yeah I've heard it makes no sense if you aren't, like, up to date on every single UC Gundam show. So catch up if you want to watch it. That's kind of a bummer because I haven't re- I haven't really caught up with Gundam. I like I kind of stopped after Gundam Seed just because I kind of grew I was growing out of anime at the time and I was just kind of like man I I was getting kind of tired of the melodrama and then the whole uh, ever going battle of Gundam of being anti war but also we got to sell a bunch of models and we got to make the action look cool even though the overall message is war is bad okay no. <laughs> Yeah, Gu- Gundam's Gundam's uh, politics are a bit schizophrenic, but I'm down to one day attempt to catch myself up with all of these uh, series. The la- the last one I got really invested in was G Gundam, and that's because it was the most it was the most shonen of all the. Uh, yeah, all yeah, the- yeah, so like just, just note that for. Pathway, you only need to be caught up with the Universal Century Gundam series. So, like G Gundam and Seed, those are yeah, those are alternate universes. So you right, right. watch those. Yeah, today. this is the one that has like a like the the original show of Char and such. Yeah, right. Yeah, no, I woefully not caught up, but it looked cool. Like yeah, I don't know it got me kind of pumped to see a something new with Gundam. Even though I, I've heard Blood Orphans is good, and I know Mario Kata worked on that and. I know my friend was a, was fond of Gundam Unicorn. And then, of course, we got some updates with the release of the new Shaman King reboot, uh, August 9th, which I'm so I'm happy about that. I I I was kind of a like too old to watch Shaman King when it became popular in the U.S. And then, of course, uh, Disco Tech announced that they're going to release the original early 2000s series. So, yes, that, that's good for uh, for fans of the franchise. And I know our uh co-host of the anime season rundown Haley is super pumped for shaman king and i'm pumped to get into it i was a i was a big fan of shaman king not necessarily when it originally came out in the early 2000s but i caught i i caught the entire series like i don't mean i don't remember where i found it but i i watched the whole thing back in like 2008 in japanese and man this the show is just is just so good i'm i'm excited for the reboot for 
mostly mostly for new fans to experience what made this show so special. Mm-hmm. And um, they also updated it with the release of Eden Zero, the new anime from the creator of Fairy Tale and Rave Masters, for August twenty sixth. And I had my I don't know kind of thoughts. Like it looks a little too familiar to Fairy Tale because it's you know the same guy. I'm just not fond of his work. I saw a trailer for I think like the trailer like before it was released in Japan. And I was like, oh, okay, this looks a little more better, even if it still has a bunch of familiar elements to fairy tale. But uh, yeah, no, I'm pumped for that. All right, like, are you two looking forward to Eden Zero to at least check it out? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it has my curiosity. I never got into fairy tale, so not super hyped for Eden Zero, but I might give it a watch. I tend to find like curiosity watches can lead to like, Oh, yeah, I, now I like that show or whatever. Then, of course, they talked about Transformers War for Cybertron Kingdom, the final mini series part of the War for Cybertron trilogy, which seems like it's going to take place with it, like with a mix of the Transformers during this trilogy and then Beast Wars. That sounds crazy. I, I want to watch it. <laughs> yeah, one, one of these days we're going to have to do a whole whole episode devoted to this whole war for cybertron trilogy because there's a lot yeah no i i was a huge beast wars fan when i was a kid and even though a lot of the cgi has not hold up the story and characters still do for the most part and of course you had david k as megatron and he's just the best (laughs) and then we also got a look at exception a new horror anime series by hirotaka adachi um, with character designs by Yoshitaka Amano. I'm a little worried about that because, you know, it's super hard to translate his work. And we saw what happened with Jibby 8. <laughs> it did not look good. I'm wondering if being a Netflix anime, which isn't always a given, will help or it'll at least have a better team behind it. That one teaser image is just nightmare fuel for days. Um, yeah, that, that, then- that teaser image is... Um effective yeah yeah. i don't know if it's based off of anything i don't know if it's like an original or if it's based off of a manga or something but uh it looks good it kind of slipped under the announcements because i know everyone on my feed was just like shaman king shaman king and then this one was also kind of slipped under the radar make my day a teaser for a new movie which has uh, like the synopsis is on a cold planet of ice and snow mysterious creatures suddenly have appeared from the dark underground and have begun to attack the inhabitants can humanity survive the terror looking beyond the horizon? From the teaser image, it looks pretty interesting. There's not much else I can say. I didn't see, there wasn't really like a uh, a teaser trailer or anything from what I saw, but kind of like a cool action horror anime film. That sounds good to me. Yeah, I'm into that. And here's one that definitely slipped under my radar. Maybe I just was being dumb and not paying attention. Uh, Bright's getting a prequel? Why? <laughs> <laughs> uh it's called bright samurai soul which is a which is about izo a ronin and raiden an orc work to bring a young elf girl and the wand she carries to the land of the elves and the north yeah uh fairy lives don't matter today <laughs> <laughs> oh that movie was terrible fun fact i, wonder- I have still not seen bright and oh, okay. i've seen the clips of that and that was those clips were enough i saw i sat through the whole movie can't say i'm proud of it <laughs> yeah. um i mean it's an animated film that'd be cool as long as you know who's not attached to it yeah hopefully landis is not involved in any way yeah no um but i kind of like the visual that goes with it and i could see it being kind of more interesting 
with a uh, like being an anime film and such but uh we'll, we'll have to see and then of course you know there's they showed off uh godzilla singular point which still looks great they talked about resident evil the infinite darkness um which is coming out later next month i thought you know these were some fun announcements some weird ones like you know again bright samurai soul is a weird one i don't know they had some fun announcements like i haven't seen a lot of this like the live action stuff i've just been woefully behind and just tired from work some good animation announcements i mean warts and all netflix is doing better support for animation than most main tv line tvs channels right now so oh yeah there's there's no there's no question that netflix is is uh, excelling in ways that others aren't and, and yeah to be clear there are definitely flaws with how netflix handles everything and marketing for example yeah marketing release strategies and such and th- there's definitely a lot to criticize i'm not saying like oh well they're creative and supportive of animation so that you know means that everything else gets a free pass it's like no don't do it don't think like that let's talk about the main event and there's there's one there's one more thing i want to bring up we got a little preview clip for uh, the cuphead show with with wayne oh, brady for- as uh as King Dice. I forgot about that. I, th- I forgot that was Geeked Week. That was cool that they showed a new clip. I know. I mean, of course, the three of us watched the work in progress for last year, and I was a huge fan of what I saw. And seeing this new clip was a lot of fun, and Wayne Brady seems to be having, sounds like he's having fun. I, I still wish there was a release date, but uh, what did y'all think of the clip? It lo- It looks a lot, this, this clip looks a lot closer to the video game than the than like the work in progress footage that we saw. Uh, he had more time to polish the animation. That's that's a good right. point. And uh, I'm curious to see how they tell a story with all these characters because the game was just like, eh, Cuphead and Mugman sold their souls. Now they got to take care of all these other random citizens uh, that owe their lives to the devil and such. I- I'm wondering how they're going to expand on everyone because it was definitely a very abstract and weird world to say the least, or to put it lightly. <laughs> but I'm looking forward to it. Let's talk about Annecy. And it, to be clear, there are some other announcements, but they tie into Annecy. So we'll talk about them when we talk about them. Overall, before we dive into like the pros and cons, overall thoughts, Mike, what did you think of Annecy? So full disclosure, out of the three of us, I'm the one kid in the class who did the least amount of work, but mostly because the way that Annecy was set up this year was, to put it lightly, a disaster. Compared compared to last year, things didn't run as smoothly. We did we didn't really get a lot of access to to any of the features. So most of most of what I saw from the festival were a couple of the work work in progress panels, some of the previews. And just like the sort of general studio panels, like I saw one for Disney's um, EMEA uh, group. I saw the Netflix adult animation panel and the um, the other Netflix panel. Those those had some uh, some nice uh, previews for their upcoming slate. On on the whole, I I I just wish that Annecy was a little bit better uh, presented. But from 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 what I've heard, you know they're they, we still got a lot of, of cool announcements from this. All right, Ruben, what did you think? Yeah, so like I'd say as far as organization as a digital festival, it was definitely less organized than last year. And, and like, I'm not complaining that we didn't get features this year. Cause like for one thing, most of the features last year, like or that they were allowed to stream were like mostly the less interesting ones. Right. 
and obviously I have to have to do an in-person event. So let them do the in-person event. I hope to go someday. I'm sure, I'm sure that's amazing. The thing that annoyed me this year was that the panels were very hard to navigate. It wasn't very organized website-wise. And then also on a lot of the panels, they had an issue where they promised they'd be available in both French and English, but then it would take them several days. And even at the end of the festival, there were a couple panels which either weren't uploaded entirely or didn't have an English translation ready. Yeah, those panels will be accessible through the end of the year for anyone who already signed up for Annecy. So so if you want to catch the Mars Express or Blind Willow Sleeping Woman panels, which were the one, which were the work in progress panels that I couldn't report on because of either being untranslated or unavailable, I guess those will be up. They might even be up now. I haven't checked today, but yeah, that was, yeah, it could have been better put together, but I understand they are probably putting more of their efforts into the in-person festival this year. Yeah, I'm kind of mixed. I enjoyed it overall. I got my 50 bucks worth out of it. Overall, I mean, I still enjoyed it overall. I loved the panels and the work in progress stuff and the shorts and the two old films that they showed, uh, Foam Bath or Bubble Bath, as it's called. It has like three different names. And then like Son of the White Mare. And then we saw the, the preview for uh, a new old, Masaki Yawasa's new film and Space Jam, A New Legacy. But I, I get why... They focused more on having an in-person event. And I understand the legal hoops that they have to jump through to if they wanted to put the films online. I mean, I'll talk about this in my criticisms. I wish there were some because I'm sure some of these have no or very little market appeal out. Like, of course, like, I guess let's talk about the films that were in competition. There was Flea, which is already being distributed by Neon and is already and was the big winner at the Annecy Film Festival. And then we have Hayopka, or You Animal, which has a release everywhere else on Netflix, except for the US. I'm wondering exactly when we're gonna get that. And then of course, the early released earlier this year, Zhang Jia, uh, The Legend of Deification, which I, I pretty en- enjoyed. And then Josie the Tiger and the Fish, which got picked up by Funimation and will get a release next month. And then there's La Traverse, um, which was also a big winner at fantasy then we got lamia's poem which ruben and i got screeners for uh ruben you got a screener for my my sunny mod yes um, i did and yeah. then Pole I like Pele, that one more uh, than lamia's poem yeah i thought lamia's poem was pretty solid not nothing i i am like I was gonna like, rush you know, back to i was like bored by it it felt too much like yeah it's like it's a studio and people who directors who've like mostly done like pre, like preschool shows and it felt like it was the techniques of a preschool show Right. Well, I do a story, which obviously isn't for preschoolers. Right, right. I did an interview with the director, so if anyone wants to read that. Then, of course, some of the other films were include Popele of Chimney Town, which I'm waiting for you, G-Kids, buy the freaking movie. And then there is uh, Snotty Boy, which they said was going to be one of the films watchable online, but then it just wasn't. I don't know. Uh, uh, or maybe it was, but I don't know. Maybe that's just how badly the site was organized. Like, yeah, because they said we're streaming. I don't, I have no clue where they were streaming. Because they were going to stream three films and two of them were in the contra champs section which of course one of them kind of like yeah is this one animation i saw the trailer for the mount fuji scene from a moving train and it just didn't look like it counted as animation it was like this year's accidental luxuriance and then uh the ape star which got bought out by viva kids um and then the deer king which g kids also bought which they're setting for a uh, 2022 release though i'm sure with the other major 
animation festival coming out later this year which i'm pumped for but we'll talk about that soon um it's going to play there as well and then we from the contra champs section we had absolute denial and then the award-winning archipel which if y'all haven't seen the trailer for that it's trippy it looks great then there is that bob spit we do not like people which was one of the major award winners at the festival uh city of lost things chicken of the mound which was going to be watchable but wasn't uh climbing crypto zoo which already had its premiere at Sundance the uh, Mount Fuji from a moving train and then uh, my uncle Jose which looked really cool like I, I see the foot image for it I yeah I guess I like that's my the first con issue that I had I wish some of these films were watchable like even if they were like the most the least interesting of the bunch I would have still at least enjoyed seeing them because it didn't feel like a film festival to me it felt more like a convention panel like kind of thing yeah yeah, well it it it, well obviously the film festival part of it online is the short films which there are a lot of and and they were pretty good ones like i i really liked what was it called the affair of art yeah affairs of the art uh, i i loved that one and i liked the uh box ballet one but uh, it just, I, it's not like I didn't like the shorts. I wish there was something there. Though I will say, I did watch Foam Bath. That is a trippy movie. If anyone, if y'all can find a way to watch that movie from 1979, it's a trip. It's yeah. probably the one time where you can say being off model is the point. <laughs> I, I need, I need to find a way to yeah. to watch that because yeah. from what yeah, you described it it sounds insane yeah i'm also oh, glad we were able to stream clay dream which was was a really interesting documentary well definitely yeah. look at like in a different light i have i forgot to see that uh documentary so i felt really bummed because i love will vinton and his work yeah now i'm curious now now i'm curious to see how how they talk about Leica. so <laughs> for its worth vinton held no grudges and appreciated it that Leica was making great movies but also oh, a lot of things will change for you once you have witnessed travis knight as chili t the white who basically a really bad white rapper who delivers subpar verses about his dick i've I've actually known about that so (laughs) yeah i i I remember stories about uh travis knight's um failed (laughs) yeah his uh short-lived hip-hop career oh that guy but for me the biggest pro was the work in progress section because i love looking at film production i love well, at least with animation. And I didn't see Ascenders, but I really loved The Peasant, which is done by the people who made Loving Vincent. Like I showed the trailer to my parents or the concept trailer and they were just like, okay, when when is this coming out? Because we really enjoyed it. I know not everyone was, but... And then uh, we got to see a little bit of F- Fina pirate princess i liked that one i liked hearing the director discuss the show and just like he sounded very passionate alongside the producer and such it's going to be curious to see how the final product is especially with everything going on with Crunchyroll. then we saw like one for like the siren which looked interesting i some of these were like i wish they showed a little more because part of it came off like here's what we're working on and then the other part was we're going to show you what we're working on so maybe you'll help fund or distribute the film because there just wasn't a whole lot and especially since some of these weren't in english to listen to like subtitle or dub it, it was tough to watch uh or to, at least to yeah. kind of fully understand yeah yeah they eventually translated that panel fortunately awesome then uh, like 
little Nicholas. I, I found that one really charming. I love the animatics. And then like when they're showing off like the finished animation and such, it gave me very uh, like Ernest and Celestine vibes. I agree with your article, Ruben, talking about it. And though I think my favorite was uh, Maya and the Three. I was going to say that that one was my favorite because just hearing um, Jorge Gutierrez just geeking out like let, let, like a kid just excited to talk about a project that he's spent years uh, like work, working on and all, all of the all, all of the like character designs, the character models, um, they look they look amazing and the story sounds really fascinating. He describes he describes it as a six hour movie um, broken broken up into nine episodes and yeah I just I just need to see this as soon as the, as soon as possible. Those clips were a lot of fun and I really loved how his designs translated into it and yeah I just loved uh, Jorge I just think yeah, he's yeah, one of my yeah yeah, yeah not all of his designs and you get credit is due to Sandra Equia his his. His wife, who does yeah, who does all of the female character designs for his work. Yeah, those two, like, I just love them. I would like to meet them someday. Just, just, well, just to, like take a photo or something, to, or just be like, hey, just love y'all's work. And the animation looked really good. Like, I don't know what I was kind. Of, I don't know if like what I was exactly expecting this show to look like, but I love yeah, the. Well, yeah, well, it looks like the Book of Life minus the puppet effects. So it's pretty much, yeah. And I just loved the little interactions, like uh, the father and the mother. Like, like really, the father was my favorite character. Um, I love those kind of characters and such. And I love that his first weapon is this, like, well, compared to him, this tiny bat or club thing. And I just liked his interactions with the mother and such, where he's just like, it was an honor for everyone to die by your mama's beautiful hands. <laughs> it's just a lot of that concept art look great like I, oh man i can't wait to get a screener for this when it comes out later this year and then we also had a neola which was dubbed ruben what did you think about this one it looks and sounds interesting like it's another it's another very serious it's war story it's based on a play and it, I'm, I'm curious about it yeah no um some of the animation i saw during that panel looked pretty good or just at least interesting kind of like rotoscoped or motion captured look but the art style is very like visually distinct and i support the direction they're going for it focusing on the women the perspective from them about the war and such um it sounds like they're taking steps to be very respectful and faithful yeah um, i'm I, I really like the stuff, like the aesthetic of this one too. And yeah, that perspective on war from through the eyes of the women is, it probably won't make this an easy watch, but I'm sure it'll be fulfilling. If to me, it's like an, an uncomfortable watch can be a good watch, if that makes sense. Like, yes. And then uh, this one I was super pumped for, Perlimps by the director of uh, Boy in the World from 2015. Watch that movie, by the way, it's great. And see, I liked these pan the, the panels that had more to show and i love the animation production and just how they were going about it with the uh like seeing the director just like paint these backgrounds and then by hand and then toss it onto a computer and then draw like the trees the bushes and such it, it's such a distinct looking movie and i oh i just love this director yeah. and yeah like it seems like it's a bit more traditional story wise than boy in the world but just as beautiful animation wise yeah now um uh, yeah but don't it, ask me what a perlimp is the no. presentation didn't really <laughs> answer that question yeah no question about it don't ask 
Don't don't ask. Just accept. Yeah. And then uh, Princess Dragon. That one that one was really cool. At first, I was like, it was like the little Nicholas presentation for me where I was like, okay, this is cool. I like seeing the concept art. I wish there was some animation to show. And then they actually showed it. This is like early Ghibli and Wolf Walkers combined. <laughs> and I like that. I, of course, like you said, Ruben, in your article, there's a CGI dragon. But I like how they're approaching the dragon animation with it with this it looks really cool yeah i I kind of wish i had a chance to see this panel but just but just looking at the the preview image it look it looks um it looks very nice yeah you still have the chance to see because i think you can still watch panels and seems as if even like the video library is still open so i think you can still yeah you can like can still stream stuff from the festival even though the festival is over yeah no um they took down the uh inuo preview and then uh they showed off our first look at robin robin from ardman entertainment and looks adorable yeah (laughs) they they took a different approach with their animation and with the felt design instead of using uh plasticine and what have you i liked the cat (laughs) <laughs> oh it's kind of funny to hear and be like oh yeah we inspired her voice to be like a margaret thatcher voice and the little teaser was super cute i can't wait for it ardman's usually a pretty reliable studio to get a good film or show or what have you from yeah their 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 track record is pretty uh pretty flawless there's i, I can't think of a single bad production from ardman and they, I can, and they also seem like one of the most respectable studios just from like how they run as a company that i mean they're like a socialist collective like right. like like all the workers own own equal share in the company and they, they seem like really cool people i was a little disappointed by this even though i'm still looking forward to the show the samurai rabbit do segi chronicles i just wanted to see a little more i mean the concept art and the story sounds interesting i i guess i just wanted to see more of the animation and such but that's just me. Like yeah, I uh, uh, they saw the, the 3D scenes looked good. The 2D scenes seemed very limited. Yeah, I was kind of hoping they'd be like those. Um, you like you two have seen those like Kung Fu Panda yeah. specials. Yeah, that like yeah. I was hoping for something kind of like that. But when they were just like just stills or motion comic style stuff, I was like, oh, that's it. All does right. this have a release date yet? No, it does not. No, and I'm wondering how complete this show is even without taking the uh the covid pandemic thing into uh the equation because it seems like they just didn't have a lot to show off outside of concept art but it sounds like the creator is down with the show so yeah so i guess you've covered basically all of the watchable panels except for the house which okay looks interesting looks weird and then the other one was unicorn wars which that one looks (laughs) very interesting and very weird Yes, that one was my favorite. I mean, my second favorite next to Maya and the three. I loved how (laughs) they would keep talking and then they'd keep showing the animation process, but for like this one really violent scene. And it's just like, this person seems to like this scene a little too much. (laughs) <laughs> but like just, just playfully of course i'm i'm just saying that it's just like it's oh, a yeah, and that's now meets bambi meets the bible yeah <laughs> this this movie looks nuts and i am all for it i mean I, w- I was a huge fan of bird boy and the forgotten children when i saw it back in 2017 i i still like to see that it's dark be ready i mean <laughs> and the house was really interesting this little anthology series and i didn't know anything about it 
I just saw the preview image from the uh, Annecy website. And it's like, oh, okay. Then I watched it. And then I see the first short is done by the people who did this magnificent cake. And I was like, oh, okay. I'm pumped. <laughs> like, I love the uh, symbolicness element of the animals in the other two shorts. And of course, it's just cool to see stop motion. Did not know that this was for Netflix. It, it just looked really nice. I mean, I, I was, I'm curious to see. And if you haven't seen this magnificent cake, it's a very dark 45 minutes. But as you know, it's about colonialism in the Congo. So, you know, a happy topic. Uh, of course. Not really. <laughs> And then the Netflix panels came up and we got to see like little bits of the, uh, oh, what did we see? We saw the Centaur World premiere or the reveal. That show looks really fun. <laughs> I love the animation for that. And I love the cast with Kimiko Glenn. And and the fact that it's a, it's a musical, it, it just kind of completes the package for me. I connected to the giraffe Centaur. He is my favorite character. <laughs> and I love the little clip of the musical sequence. And then it's like, fending off a deadly invasion of warriors. And they're like, shh, don't, 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 no, 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 don't talk about that. No, 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 shh, no, that, that didn't happen, shush. That was a very cute one. And uh, we got to see a little more of Back to the Outback. That film looks cute. It looked really appealing. And I loved the little, I like the animation that they showed. They showed a clip of it and I showed my sister it and she got a good laugh out of it. The koala is a major d-bag <laughs> voiced by tim minchin yeah i love like they showed it looks great and then they showed some concept art and production stuff from vivo which looked really charming and i loved the uh the human character that's connected to vivo not the little girl but the one beforehand uh, vivo's owner is gonna be played by one of the founding members of the buena vista social club i was like oh man i have to <laughs> tell my parents that they're huge fans of the movie that's about them and it looked really appealing the art looked amazing i know that like there's that whole discussion going on with in the heights um and it seems like uh, vivo is going to carry some of that representation that in the heights may have missed out on uh, um, another another note about some some of lin manuel's uh, miranda's recurring collaborators the screenplay is written by kiara hudez and the score will be composed by um alex lackamore and bill sherman that, that was just a fun one and um cool to hear uh Ludacris talk about his show or chris um bridges it, it was just it was just kind of cool to hear him talk about the show and just how passionate he is for it and then they moved then they showed like the netflix adult animation panel and we got to see the first little sneak peek at Alex Hirsch's new show. I can see how this one needs to maybe be handled with a soft touch, I guess you can say, (laughs) because it's it's an office comedy that takes place with the quote-unquote shadow government (laughs) and how they talked about like, oh yeah, it's a show where every conspiracy theory is actually true. Uh, What did y'all think about that? Yeah, they noted that they had to Make sure that you're only doing the fun conspiracies. Yeah, because, you know... Yeesh. Yeah, because, you know, there's so much... Because even, like, the funny conspiracies, there is overlap between the funny and the dangerous. Like, for example, like... Like, I'm sure they're going to have to do something with lizard people, but, like, the guy who's, like, the big lizard people proponent, David Icke, is, like, super anti-Semitic. Right. And the lizard people as being sort of the Jews. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fortunately, Alex Hirsch is Jewish, so like, if anyone's going to be making jokes about this stuff, it should be someone like him, right? Yeah, so yeah, I'd say I trust how how Hirsch and what's the name of the show's creator? Yeah, she's 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 another Gravity Falls writer, Shion Takeuchi. Yep. Yeah. No, I think they'll do a good job with it. Yeah, and then um. The preview animation definitely looks very Rick and Morty esque. Right. Yeah, that one does look interesting. We'll have to see. I, I'm kind of down for it. I'm a little like I know a while back Alex Hirsch was like, yeah, getting to work at Netflix means there's no limitations, and it's like, okay, I hope that's a good thing, and not like we're gonna be as raunchy, shocking as and offensive as possible. So, yeah, well, yeah, well, I mean, it could be both. Of course. But I trust Alex Hirsch. To, really good. Yeah, no, I, I trust Alex Hirsch is going to make this like really interesting. And of course, they showed off some other stuff. Yeah, some clips. Like before this, he was dealing with Disney. And yeah, and it's like, I respect that man so much for just going off on Disney when they deserve it. Right. Especially in regards to, uh, in regards to how they like promote pride stuff, but they still will try to give queer creators a hard time when it comes to representation in anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, they come on, Disney. You got to do better. No more excuses. The, the second I knew that Alex Hirsch had my respect for life, was last year when the Owl House episode, um, you know, the like the Grom the Grom Night episode um, premiered, and he kind of um, peeled back the curtain, talked about everything that Disney wouldn't let him do during Gravity Falls. Just just hearing him like passionately defending defending um, LGBT creators. Like really, since like the creator of uh, the LGBT creator of of the Owl House is also his girlfriend. So right, uh, like even even taking that uh, putting that aside, it's still it's it's still great that like he he care he cares so much so much pretty much everyone, but especially but especially um, marginalized individuals. That I I I trust him with with a premise like inside job that could be like it it could run the risk of being raunchy for the sake of raunchy but trust him and and uh shian uh takichi to to deliver something of quality right right and then of course they had a bunch of other like just teases of upcoming shows i know they showed off the next show that's by the people who made paradise pd so i guess we'll have to see how that one goes and then they talked about the new spinoff series called, I think it's called Human Resources by uh, Nick Kroll and the team behind Big Mouth. Yep. And it was kind of cute to see that clip of seeing uh, one of the kids from Big Mouth just be like, I want to talk to your manager. And, and the monster woman's like, oh yeah, just go down that dark hallway. <laughs> it's just <laughs> like, okay. Uh, it's like, well, what are you waiting for? Go down there. He, he's there. Wait, the boss is waiting for you. Oh, um, and then, of course, it, like there's the Netflix uh, anime panel, which talked about the new anime from uh, from Clamp, which is about the Brothers Grimm. Which I, I'm gonna be int- gonna be interesting to see because I know uh, recently uh, Clamp had that issue with one of their the uh, Tokyo Babylon reboot and the whole plagiarism fiasco there. And seeing them have like a new project in the works that looks kind of interesting. And then the uh, Studio Bones. Uh, animated Super Crooks based off of the Mark Miller comic and uh, being directed by 
Motonobu uh, Hori, who worked on Carol and Tuesday, looked interesting. I wish there was a little more to see, but uh, like I, I liked seeing these different panels. I think uh, they definitely helped make things a little more worth it. I definitely want to uh, talk about the preview with uh, Inuo, since they showed us the first five minutes of what will be Masaki Yoasa's final film for now. I'm sure he'll come back in a few, in a few years or so after he's taking a break. I thought that was a great little preview. Yeah, that looks great. Mm-hmm. Just the animation and just Yuasa is just so cool as a director. Like he'll say like, screw you to consistent character designs. I want to make my characters bend and bounce like Tex Avery cartoons or like he he'll go the route of like Devilman Crybaby and have a little a more serious toned film and then of course he's working with the character designer behind Tenkaken Crete so that gives it a very distinct visual look. I definitely want to know what the heck heck exactly came out of the woman who was giving birth to a kid because uh I must have missed something if humans look like that. I yeah I was gonna say like what the hell what the hell am I looking at here? I, yeah, like I, I'm getting sort of Dororo vibes. Yeah, yeah. I've yeah. met a kid who is like, yeah, who is like, obviously has like some sort of birth defect, but it's like so extreme that it like becomes fantasy. Yeah, I, I feel like Yoasa seems like that kind of guy who's like, I'm not going to punch down. I mean, yeah. if you've seen Japan Sinks, obviously. I'm sure it's going to be great. I can't wait for G-Kids to show it this year. I'm sure it's going to show up at Animation as Film. And then the other preview was... Oh, well, before we get to the Come other Come on preview, and slam! And welcome to the jam! Yeah, I guess let's talk about Space Jam 2 because they also released a new trailer recently and they had a 12-minute preview with, like, a five-minute clip of the 2D animated sequence that they show parts of in the trailer. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess the big headline from that is that Foghorn Leghorn is a Targaryen, Yosemite Sam has replaced Sam at Rick's Bar in Casablanca, and also Granny and Speedy live in the matrix yeah yeah i know i've been very vocal about like i don't like the original space jam's existence and i'm really just kind of mixed on this sequel even though it has like a way better talent team behind it yeah and and lebron james he'll be great but this this didn't really help advertising scene nothing in the advertising seems like it's gonna be good but i am kind of curious of how far the train wreck goes and well one of the animators talked about saying like oh don't worry it's going to be a mostly animated film depending on how long this movie is i'm i want them to not be vague like that okay what is mostly is, is, is it going is it going to be like sponge out of water where the marketing made it seem like it was a you know a live action animated hybrid whereas in reality it was mostly animated except for the climax i'm i'm wondering if that's sort of the same deal with this but we'll just have to wait and see all all i can say based on the preview is they're they're really committing to giving giving the looney tunes more personality um or more i want to say authentic personality but then also you know going full di- like diving headfirst into uh into the stream like the server verse uh, and they really haven't convinced me that, like the stuff with granny's going to be great it that stuff was just i was like oh my gosh i do not like what they're doing with this character even though i kind of get it but it's not even that unique of a gimmick per se, I, I guess. Like, it's one of those things that's just been done like a million times before. So here's a scary thought. If 
uh, given that they're probably trying to get in like all the big Warner Brothers properties, is J.K. Rowling going to be involved in this? Oh, they, they, oh. she better not. <laughs> no, it's uh, yeah, yeah. And I guess my other question is: Are they going to include any Cartoon Network or Adult Swim characters, or are those like the bastard stepchildren of the of Warner Media uh, that don't get invited to the Space Jam? Because I haven't seen any in any of the previews, and like, and like, part of me like wants to put money on Pickle Rick showing up, but. Part of me is like, they haven't shown any sign of anything Cartoon Network or Adult Swim related, so maybe I shouldn't do that. The Cartoon hmm. Network characters do not get to jam and slam. No. <laughs> um, I I was a little disappointed when it's like they were going to talk about how they uh, worked with like Zendaya and with Lola's design. They didn't really spend a whole lot of time on that. I, I don't know. It's like they keep advertising and hyping up like Zendaya's Lola Bunny because it granted Lola Bunny was the best character from the original movie, the most efficient character. And then it's just like, they don't show a whole lot. And I'm wondering if they're just doing it to save for the movie. Well, and Zendaya is Michi. Yeah. <laughs> and LeBron James is Guanji. Danny DeVito is Dorgal. Common uh, is Stonekeeper. And uh, Zendaya is Michi. Gina Rodriguez is Kolka. And Zendaya is Michi. Zendaya is Michi. I don't think we mentioned that enough. Um... <laughs> I don't know that. I mean, I guess now I'd like to that now that we had a good look at the two D animation. I think the coloring and the shat, shading is what's bugging me about it because yeah, otherwise everything else looks good, but the shading makes it look weird. It, 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 it looks it looks a little bit like those. Um, do you do you guys remember those like those web shorts from the early two thousands? Uh -huh. um, like I think one of one of them was like my generation my g -g -g generation gap. Oh, I think I do. Yeah, it it just looks even though like the the bounciness of the animation looks fine, I still get a small chuckle out of when Daffy tells Yosemite Sam to shoot the ball. But then it's like it goes a little overboard at the end because once again Granny's got to be the MVP or trying to be the MVP of the whole movie when it's like I don't know this this whole movie looks like a mess. Yeah. Okay. So. So I guess so. Like I understand. So it's like if they're paying J.K. Rowling for for whatever inevitable Harry Potter crossover they do, Lana Wachowski better be getting paid twice that for the Matrix segment. Oh yes, absolutely, absolutely. No, since you brought that up, I didn't even think about that. I'm worried if they're hiding all of the. Harry Potter reference, like from the marketing and such, because it's like... Yeah, yeah, I guess it's the other possibility is that Rowling is like too stuck up and we're like, I would never allow my characters to attend a space jam. <laughs> Even though Voldemort was in Lego Batman. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, I also liked the uh, Ron's Gone Wrong panel. Didn't because watch that. It was cute. It was like, it seems like these the team making the film are like really passionate about this it seems like they're going for a more small scale story which hey i'm down for um and i know we just got the new trailer for it and yeah i mean like the trailer didn't give me like the best first impression the six feet distance joke was really funny uh i think i think that might be my favorite joke but the uh the panel for it was a lot really interesting and to, to hear them talk about the design process the robot itself and it's 
this pill-shaped robot definitely made me love it more. And they also teased a little of like what their new move next movie is going to be. It was really cute. They were uh, they <laughs> the guy would come in from periodically. He's like, yeah, but can I talk about the movie I'm going to make? And they're like, no, not not right now, not right now. Then at the end, the director is like, well, I hope y'all look forward to Ron's Gone Wrong. And then you see the guy picking up or like rising up from behind the couch with the books that the next movie they're working on is based on. Okay. It's going to be based off of the writing of this guy from this author. And now it's going to be called, and then the whole video glitches out. (laughs) (laughs) So it looks like it's going to be uh, better than what we've seen, but well, I mean, we'll have to see. I know it's kind of might get buried because Disney's just like, what's this a 20th century film? We don't want to advertise that move it oh, away and for, and for those who don't know after ron's gone wrong locksmith signed like a multi-picture deal with warner brothers so you, if you don't see ron's gone wrong it may or may not be because disney can sometimes be petty and bury things that they no longer have and uh, they talked about the uh the voice cast like the r- robot's going to be played by uh, zach galifianakis they have jack dylan grazer as ron Olivia Coleman plays his grand, uh, grandmother to uh, to Ron to uh, Barney. I'm sorry, Bar- uh, Jack Dylan Grazer uh, is playing Barney, the main kid who gets the robot, who's voiced by Zach Galifianakis. And then uh, Barney's dad is voiced by Ed Helms. They got Justice Smith, Rob Delaney, uh, Kylie Cantrell, Ricardo Hurtado, Marcus Scribner and Thomas Barbuska. Like like I said, I love this behind the scenes stuff. It definitely gives me a little more hype than just seeing another trailer for it. Okay, so I looked this up and yeah, Harry Potter is in this latest Space Jam trailer. Oh, Along he with is. the nuns from Ken Russell's The Devils. <sighs> yeah. This so yeah, if you thought the clockwork orange droogs in the first trailer were a weird enough cameo. <laughs> Gosh, man, that freaking Space Jam too. I, I get people are looking forward to it. That's fine, perfectly a okay. But uh, I can't believe people don't see this as a cynical train wreck. It is a cynical <laughs> train wreck, but it's like a train wreck I can't look away from. Um, and- the bet, the best worst case scenario is that Space Jam: A New Legacy kind of becomes the e- either the. Either the Mamma Mia 2 as in being a superior sequel to the original or Cats as as it being just a movie so batshit insane that it's both yeah, like, it's both amazing and terrible at the same time. Yeah. It's not going to be as amazing as Cats. As Cats was like earnest and serious. They were like taking themselves way too seriously and it was just a beautiful artistic train wreck. This, if it's a train wreck, it's going to be a cynical corporate train wreck. Right. Interesting and fun to mock, but it's not going to be as genuinely incredible to watch as Cats was. Yeah, that's kind of the thing. Don't go in making a, wanting to make a so bad it's good film because then everyone's going to pick up on that. Go into it like if you're just be passionate, even if it ends up like a heap. <laughs> and then we also got like. I don't know if this was shown during Annecy. It just kind of popped up during Annecy. We got to see our first teaser of the Uzumaki adaptation. Yeah, which was delayed another year, but still uh, looks incredible. So yeah, that tr- glad that, taking their time. So I'm sure it'll be good. Yeah, that was a man. I'm so impressed with how well it looked. Like the adaptation from the visuals and such. It, um, it basically looks like the manga come to life. I can't tell if they're rotoscoping. Uh, the girl in the in the uh, in the teaser, but man, if this is two D animation like production, IG, 
or who who's ever working on this i think it's production night this is man kudos now i wasn't a huge fan of it of the uh ending of it but we'll have to see yeah i that really wraps up annecy because no movies to talk about um unless ruben you want to recommend a short yeah like i'd say like i wrote a list of my top 10 shorts from annecy and like yeah one of them affairs of the art was already mentioned have a nice dog was super impressively creepy the world within was like also like it had like a psychological horror element but it was also like beautiful hell the shaman's apprentice was like nice for the stop motion animation and the inuit culture there were a lot of loving vincent-esque hand-painted films films of those i thought that darwin's notebook was like the most interesting story of those bad seeds was like like one of the funniest is like like other than the boxer one like this is like the closest to like looney tune style comedy mom i didn't understand but i thought it was gorgeous is awakening of the insects i thought the animation was kind of weak but yeah but the story he was really interesting it's like an old man who's like losing his memory and visited by an exorcist in hong kong the protests going on in the background right hold me tight it, it's basically a giant sex scene but it's like a really beautifully animated sex scene so <laughs> don't what you're getting into with that one and you might enjoy it and also the oscar nominee opera was in the selection and that was really cool awesome no um i saw a uh, box ballet which i thought was very charming i loved the little uh, interactions and chemistry between the boxer and the ballerina I saw uh, Dream of Kafka, which didn't expect it to turn into part part way a musical in its eight minute run at the beginning. Interesting. Um, I saw The World Within, which was about a young painter yeah, who's I obviously yeah, yeah. And then, like I said earlier, the uh, love affair with the arts, or yeah, affair affairs of the arts. Um, that animation, golly, that th- that's just impressive with how that all looks, yeah. and you, it, it's a uh, little. Yeah, yeah made me want to go back and watch all the previous feral films that joanna quinn directed yeah it makes me want to watch those um ah what was it like the christmas special of the snowman um not not the uh crime thriller uh thing with uh you know that actor um no mr police you could have saved her i gave you all the clues <laughs> oh i think it's called the snowman's wonderland or something like that uh so, like, something so, like that yeah, yeah i know i know the short you're talking about yeah sorry i just wanted to make sure yeah other than that that's it um i like my i guess like the one thing i hope to see in the future is that they take a more serious approach to the online portion because otherwise i'd be fine with it yeah. I, I I guess I'm so, I'm so much harsher on it because Animation First and the New York Children's International Film Festival was were so much better. Well, yeah, those um yeah, yeah, yeah I think yeah, that yeah, Animation First was a virtual festival and that. Oh worked. yeah, no um I hope Animation as Film does not make the same mistakes Annecy does. I want to watch all the movies because I'm still not fully ready oh. to travel in a plane. I don't expect to see all the movies he's online and i'm thinking like i'm confident enough that i probably would be up for traveling assuming things stay as low as they are now or get lower yeah i'm i have no expectations of everything being available because it doesn't make sense for everything to be available but but i hope that the stuff that is available is easier to find than it was on annecy's website oh good lord yeah i please i i agree with that i guess it's since like Lee has a distributor, CryptoZoo has a distributor, Deer King and Bell. And uh, yeah, so it's like, uh, 
Yeah, sure. So, yeah, it should be easier. Um, yeah, and well, well, it might and not be easier. It might actually be harder because the distributors want to be able to. Yeah, because like remember that last year, like the films that screened online were the ones that had no hope of distribution. Yeah, but since this, well, and I assume that Unicorn Wars is going to be a part of this since that's well, the, the whole poster and such. Yeah, and I think that really is what like deflated a lot of my happiness with fantasy was seeing like hey animation and film is back and it's just like thank yeah, you yeah this is, this, is, this is something we talked about off air that like because because of the animation of film festival i kind of felt like well we no longer have to treat fantasy like the end all be all yeah hopefully next year we can actually be in france yeah that would be fun and hopefully if everything's going well i'd love to uh see all that animation is film because I've had a blast the two times I've went and it would be great to see some yeah. like-minded people there. Alrighty then, um, that's yeah, yeah, our- yeah. So, yeah, so before I go, I just want to put in a plug for my web comic. Yeah, where, um, where can we find you and what yeah. like what do you want to plug? Yeah, I want to plug my web comic, Con Job Revenge of the Samurai Alchemist. It, you can read it at tatas.io slash series slash con dash job. It's about anime fandom and it's gonna it's getting pretty intense pretty soon. So yeah, you'll want to be reading this. Awesome. Yeah, uh, yeah I've been reading it and it's been really enjoyable. So Thank Mike, you. where can we find you? Um, you guys can find me on Twitter at CaptainK42. Uh, you can check out all my quick thoughts on letterbox.com slash CoachK42. And find me on all the various Facebook groups just uh, at my name. Cameron, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at CamsEyeView. I have my own website at, uh, called CamsEyeView.biz where I review animated films and shows called The Other Side of Animation. You can, of course, find me here co-hosting the podcast. And... Uh, I have a Patreon at patreon.com slash camsiview. Um, if you like my work, you can support me that way. All right. Um, before we head out of here, just a couple reminders. You can check out Renegade Pop Culture on Facebook and Twitter at Ren Pop Culture. You can also find us on Podchaser. You can listen to all of our previous podcasts on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen. And last but not least, everything can be found at renegadepopculture.com. Need escape? So do we. That'll do it for this episode of Renegade Animation. Thank you guys for joining, and we will catch you guys later. Peace out. Bye. Bye.